Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We're studying man, spirit, soul, and body, which is a good, what can I call it, a good uh, subject to combine with the subject of faith, because faith is of the Spirit. I've learned this, and I thank God I learned it early on, that many times a person can come to the Lord, get born again. Jesus is the one that coined the phrase. He said, you must be born again. We know that means to uh, leave the human family, come into God's family. You're born first time upon the earth through the, through the uh, actually the Bible talks about being born of water. Uh, that's not water baptism. That's actually being birthed of a mother coming into the earth. Your first birth, your first birth puts you in the human family. Uh, not the white family, not the black family, not the Hispanic or Asian or, or any other. It puts you in the human family. And the human family has a problem. The human family is cursed. The human family is separated from God through the sin of one man and one woman. But the good news is because one man sinned, that gave God the right to use one man to redeem us. God, Emmanuel, God manifest in the flesh came 2,000 years ago for the purpose of bringing man and his, excuse me, God and his creation back together so that we could come alive in the spirit. Man had been dead in his spirit ever since the fall. And when we come alive in our spirit, we come alive unto God. That's why it is proper to say that anybody that does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior is dead. You say, you mean there's a lot of dead people walking around on the earth? Yes, there is. It doesn't mean they're physically dead. It does not mean that they're mentally dead. It means that they're spiritually separated from God, which is spiritual death. Thank God they can be born again. That's why we preach the gospel. Amen. Thank God they can be born again. Now, one of the things we have to do is pray because the Bible says it's the God of this world that has blinded the eyes of those to the glorious light of the gospel. We pray for doors of utterance. We pray for laborers to be sent forth into the harvest. We make ourselves available to be those laborers. And not only that, we pray for moves of God, revivals, stirring of the Spirit, manifestations of the supernatural, because the moving of the power of God is like a dinner bell. People just come because of that which God is doing. That's what we're believing God for around here. And we know we're going to have it because we believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, what I've noticed over the years, and it's, a, it's an alarming thing, a man or a woman will come to a church like this one, hear the gospel message, and get born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, speak with other tongues, begin to learn some things about faith, but they will also retain a, a certain passivity. Is that a word? You know, passivity, being passive. They, you know, in which, well, you know, I'm saved and I'm, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, so I, I just come to church, and their spiritual life becomes relegated to, you know, an hour to an hour and a half on Sunday or, or an hour on Wednesday night, and, and that's their spiritual life, and the rest of the time they're living by their flesh and by their soul, which is a mistake. You say, why? Because when you, were got, when you got born again, when, when the blood of Jesus was applied to your heart and to your life, God was calling you to live a spiritual life, to come out of the life of the flesh and out of the life of the mind and live a spiritual life. Now, let me say this. I've lived by my flesh, I've lived by my mind, and I've lived by my spirit. Let me say that again. I've lived by my... A better way to say it would be like this. 
I've lived by my flesh and mind, and I've lived by my spirit. And I want you to know living by your spirit is so much better. Everything in life is enhanced when you live by the spirit. From your finances to your marriage to your health to everything about the way you live. Righteousness is not just a word on the page of a Bible. It becomes something that you enjoy. You understand your right standing with God. You have access to the Father through the name of Jesus. Your prayers get answered. When sickness or disease tries to attach itself to your body, you're able to fight it off and run it off. When finances are down, you know exactly what to do and how to get finances flowing into your life. It's an amazing thing to live by the Spirit of God. But one of the most miserable lifestyles you can live is to be born of the Spirit and live by your flesh in your mind. That's a miserable lifestyle. You say, why? Because your mind, your spirit, and your flesh are always in conflict. There's always a conflict. There's always an inward fight that's going on there. And the problem is, through your flesh and your mind, Satan has access to you. And I'm going to tell you, when the devil gets access to you, he, listen, he's going to take advantage of it. He's a rat. Can I say that? Rat? I've said it twice already. I guess it doesn't matter. Amen. <laughs> He's a rat. He don't play by the rules. He has no rules he plays by. He is a criminal spirit. Amen? He is a criminal spirit. Uh, You say, what do you mean by that? Well, he doesn't have the right to make you sick. But he'll do it anyway. He doesn't have the right to attack your mind. But he'll do it anyway. That's why you have to become an individual that by the Spirit enforces the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus over the law of sin and death in your life. Now, I can't do that for you. Your wife can't do that for you. Your husband can't do that for you. Your grandmother can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. You must become responsible for your own spiritual life and your own life of faith. In so doing, you learn to live an overcoming life. Overcoming fear, overcoming sickness and disease, addiction and afflictions, poverty and lack, depression. A lot of people get so depressed because many times they just do not engage in spiritual things. Although they are born again, although they are filled with the Holy Ghost, there's just not that you know, engagement. It's like they're not fighting. It's like they're standing in a, in a boxing ring with their hands, hands at their side. Amen? What was that movie years ago I watched? It was a boxing movie. The guy just, he just held on to the, to the rope like this. Another guy just beat him. He just stood there and took it. A lot of people look like that in the spirit. I mean, the devil's just wearing you out. No, listen, you're more than a conqueror. You've got the answer on the inside of you. There's power in the word. There's power in the spirit. There's power in a unity. There's power in the name of Jesus. Listen, the Bible says that our faith would not, so that our faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Listen, when I came back to God, I needed some power. The way you just needed some good counseling. Wouldn't have done me any good. It wouldn't have. Counseling wouldn't have helped me a bit. I needed some power applied to my wicked mind and my rebellious flesh. Amen. And thank God I found that power. Not everything I heard with my mind made sense. Not everything I saw with my eyes made sense. But one thing I knew, the closer I got to Jesus, the closer I got to the things of God, the closer I got to what the Spirit of God was leading me into, the more powerless the adversary was against my mind and against my flesh. That's what it means to get close to Jesus. Now, where are we? We're here in... Go to... Let me figure it out here real quick. Oh, let me get the brown Bible. I promise. Where's Roy and Monica? I promise you... I'm going to learn to preach on my iPad. I'm, I play games on it every day. 
It's helping me to learn, amen? It's helping me to learn. Glory to God. And if you believe that, say amen. Oh, I ought to get a better amen than that. I wouldn't sit there and lie to you. Oh, glory to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, we looked in the Word. Book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. They're in Hebrews chapter 12. Man, which means when I say man, I'm referring to men and women. Men, women, you're mankind. It's, you know, we're all, uh, actually, the Bible refers to the spirit of the heart, the spirit of man. It, it doesn't have a, 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 a male or female uh, a connotation to it. We're all uh, spirit men. We all have a spirit man. The real us is the spirit man. So to define us, who we are, alive upon planet earth right now, we are, number one, spirit. Everybody say, I'm a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. I had a friend who in high school, he got uh, kicked out of his biology class because he would not say he was an animal. He had been sitting under some good redemption teaching, teaching and his, his biology uh, instructor said, now you're an animal. He said, I'm not an animal, I'm a spirit. And he said, no, you're an animal. He said, I'm not an animal, I'm a spirit. Amen. Well, I'm not an animal, I'm a spirit. Amen. I'm a spirit. I possess a soul. That means I have ownership of a soul. A soul has three components. It has your mind, the way you think. It has your emotions, the way you feel. And those two components combined with your spirit should make up how you make decisions. The problem is many times the flesh steps in there with your mind and with your emotions or how you feel, and it helps you to make decisions which are always bad. Amen? But we are a spirit we possess a soul, a mind, emotions, and will, and we live in a body. It's, it's our earth suit. Amen. Sometimes you have to iron your earth suit. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further with that because I'm liable to get in real trouble. <laughs> but it's just dirt. And a lot of people get in the morning and look in the mirror and say, how does the dirt feel today? Well, that's no way to live. Amen. Because your dirt never has a good report. Getting old, getting ugly, getting fat, getting wide, getting tall, getting whatever it is. Your dirt never has a good reply. I don't feel good. You know, I mean, you can't let the dirt run your life. Maybe I ought to write a book. Don't let the dirt run your life. Amen? So we are spirit, soul, and body. Everybody say spirit, soul, body. Now, second, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse uh, yeah, for time's sake, verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. One of the big problems that you're going to have is trying to, trying to compare spiritual things to natural things and pull out of that equation an answer. Now remember this. Your physical body... The communication lines of the physical body are feelings. The mind is an intellect. It, it requires answers, but all the spirit man needs is the understanding of the Word of God which produces faith. Amen? And when you begin to realize and understand that, you understand, okay, you, you, you take care of and exercise your, your physical body and you will have physical strength. If you exercise your intellect, there's nothing wrong with education. There's nothing wrong with improving yourself. Amen? 
Nothing wrong with that. But if you let that be the strength, I heard a preacher say that several years back. He said the problem with a lot of churches and a lot of ministry today is that we've educated our mind at the expense of our spirit and we've ended up with a lot of intellectually, intellectually giant preachers with great intellects but very little spirituality. One old preacher I heard says years ago, he said, these young preachers today, they have a lot of polish. But the problem is you can't eat polish. Amen. You can't eat polish. You've got to have the Word of God. Amen. So you've got to, you, you develop your intellect. Many times it helps your, your willpower improve. But if you'll develop your spirit, you'll have faith. And faith will empower you to overcome every obstacle of life. Faith will draw you close to God. As we've been teaching on Sundays, without faith it is impossible to please God, but the natural man will reject that. That means your flesh doesn't want to do it. That means your mind doesn't want to. I commend everyone that comes to church on Wednesday night to study the Word of God. You say, why? You are forcing yourself, whether you know it or not. So, well, I don't find it easy to come to church. You're finally waking up. You're finally waking up. It's not. The enemy will push on you. Your mind will side with the enemy. Your flesh will side with the enemy. You'll try to reason the Word of God when it's taught instead of just accepting it and believing it. There's much in the Word of God I can't explain, but I accept it. I have understanding of it, and I believe God that it works, and I've experienced it. Amen? So, the natural man, everybody say the natural man, says it receiveth not the things of God. Let's read it in the, in the, in the Amplified but the natural or non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly, meaningless, nonsense to him. He is incapable of knowing them, of progressively, progressively recognizing or understanding and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned, estimated, and appreciated. But then it says this. Let me go back to the King James. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Now there's a lot in that scripture. Let me read it again. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Now, now that, when you hear that verse, you think about some spiritual person is able to judge. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about flesh, soul, spiritual. It's your spirit man on the inside that, that, that's the only thing that has the right perception upon what everything is. That's the only thing that has the right perception. Your mind doesn't have the right perception. Your flesh doesn't have the right perception. But your spirit, man, whether you've discovered it or not, whether you've uncovered it or not, it's only from the spirit realm that you can have the correct or right perception of what's going on. Remember what I said uh, 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 a while back? I talked about having a meeting with somebody, and, and they were talking about you know the, the injustice and, and stuff going on in the earth. And this was back in oh back in the in the spring, about April or May, and they were really kind of just upset of all these crazy things that were going on. And so as we were sitting in the office, Lee and I and this individual and talking, I said, "Here's your problem. You still have hope." And they looked at me kind of funny and they said, what, what do you mean I still have hope? I said, you still have hope that, that, that a government or, or, a, or, or some educational system or something here on the earth is going to work all of this out and everything is going to be worked out and everything is going to be fine and we're all going to live in this wonderful utopia because somebody got the answer and worked it all out. I said, that's folly. That's ridiculous. 
We live in a fallen world. There's an adversary. There's a devil out there. Listen, there's no justice out there. There's nothing but injustice out there. There's no fairness out there. There's nothing but unfairness out there. Out in the world system, it's dark and getting darker and darker and darker. And it's time that our perspective as believers comes totally from the spirit realm. Not that we're some goofy, flaky people that walk around just kind of grope our way through. No, no, no. That from the spirit realm, we have an understanding of the times, the seasons of who we are, what we're here for, and what we're supposed to do. That maximizes the potential of God in our life. But he that is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. That means your spirit man is judged of no man. Nobody can judge your spirit. You've already been judged. Jesus took your judgment so that you could have his reward and so you could have his innocence. Oh, glory to God. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? None of us can instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I love it in the Amplified. For who has known or understood the mind or the counsels and purposes of the Lord as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have, everybody say, I have. I have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. That means your spirit man, I don't care what's going on in your mind or what's going on in your flesh, still in your spirit man is the thoughts of God, the purposes of God, the mind of God, the feelings of God. They are there to be discovered in your spirit man. And when you begin to discover that, I guarantee your life will become exciting. God has good things for you. God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. I said God loves you. has a plan for your life. And because of that, you can be sure that no matter what you can produce for yourself, God's got something better. Amen. Amen. Now, with that in mind, let's go over to 2 Corinthians. Because we took a little time and we looked at the flesh. We looked a little bit at 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 the soul, at the mind of the emotions and the will. But literally in your soul is where you're going to fight your major battles. That's where your major battles are going to be fought is in your soul. In your mind, the way you think. In your emotions, the way you feel. And that produces the choices you make. Now, here's the thing. When choices become given to your spirit man, which you say, I'm going to give all of my choices of life to my spirit man, to the real me. That means you're giving your choices to God. When you give your choices to God, then you become something that's called obedient. And it is amazing how God will bless the obedient heart. Now, let me, let me, let me help you. I have found this out in my own life, and it's, and, it's, and it's easy to get off on this. Many times we think obedience to God is what we come up with in order to respond to Him. Remember the story of Naaman the leper. Naaman the leper had leprosy. He went down to Elisha's house. Elisha sent a servant out. said, go, uh, go, go uh, dunk a, uh, dip in the Jordan River seven times and you'll come out healed. Very simple. Very simple instructions. But the Bible said he got mad. He got mad and he thought. He had a thought. And because of that thought, which he thought, well, he would come out, lay hands on me and I'd be healed. That didn't happen. And when that didn't happen, he rebelled against it because he had another way. I want it this way. God says, I want it this way. The way God wanted it was so simple. Just seven simple dips in a river. That's it, and you're done. Amen? 
But now a little servant, thank God for the servants of God. A little servant said this, if he would have bid thee to do some great thing, and many times we're willing to do some grandiose, great thing outside of the perimeters of simple obedience. Just simple, I'm going to read the whole Bible in three days. God says, I'm just wanting you to read a chapter a day. Amen. I'm going to sell my car, my house, and everything I've got, put all the money in the chair. And God said, all I want you to do is tithe and offer. Amen. I'm going to go door to door, and I'm going to beat on the doors of my neighbors, and I'm going to scream about Jesus till they all get saved. And all God wants you to do is to go across the fence and make somebody a cake because they've been in the hospital for a couple of days. That's why you have to connect to the spirit man. So in the mind, that's the battlefield. That's where it's won or lost. Is your thinking many times robs your spirit of its power to influence your entire life to just act with simple obedience. Simple obedience. And it's amazing how just simple obedience will bring the blessings of God into your life. Now, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, now notice this, we do not war after the flesh. Now just a little rabbit trail for a moment. So much in the body of Christ, misinformation on, quote, spiritual warfare. You say, well, who are you to say that? Well, I tell you, I've, I've been around long enough to see the doctrine come and go and come and go about three times. And every time it brought tremendous destruction. It would come in and just explode. I watched one church go from about 12 people in a little living room to a church of over 10,000 in three years. And man, they were warriors. They had on their camouflage. They were, I mean, they were just, they declared war on the devil. And it wasn't long before they were sitting in ashes. Because what you, what you declare war on, you're going to bring down on your life. Number one, not one person in here needs to defeat the devil. We know how to get out there and defeat the devil. He's already defeated. I said he's already defeated. So this is not referring to any type of cosmic warfare that rages back and forth in the unseen realm between good and evil. Listen, if you've been listening to some of that, it will warp your mind. There has never been a moment in eternity in which anything of the adversary in any way had any preeminence over God. As a matter of fact, when Satan caused insurrection in heaven, Jesus threw him to the earth so fast, he said it like this, I beheld Satan as lightning hitting the earth. Amen. That means when the devil got messed up in heaven, Jesus threw him out so fast, it looked like lightning hitting the ground, and he couldn't even turn the lights on. God had to come turn the lights on. Amen. But boy, they'll have you believe that. I remember we first started ministering to Ireland and a group of those people came through and they, they had this doctrine of spiritual mapping where you had to go into the archives and find out what the Druids were and what their names were and all that. It was just stupid. It was. It didn't do anything but confuse people. We just got up and declared the devil defeated and had revival. I remember when a 
And when I was first in ministry, about 1988 or 89, Lee and I had been married a couple of years. And the, 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 that warfare movement was still kind of strong. And then on the, 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 the 700 Club, Pat Robinson, he kind of got into it a little bit. Not much. He always kind of, you know, he, he's kind of like this when it comes to doctrine. <laughs> and so, but he had a man named Teal Osborne on there. And Brother Osborne was known for these great crusades around the world in some of the darkest nations. and Just amazing, absolutely amazing meetings. I heard a man who was a doctor. He gave a testimony. They were in Java. And he said it was a dark, dark, dark night. The only light that was there was, the, was the, just a bunch of these you know, 60 and 100 watt light bulbs around a platform and a big banner that said Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said as Teal Osborne got up and began to preach the gospel, he said a shaft of light came out of heaven. He said it hit the ground and every sick person it hit, it was automatically healed. And people were jumping, people were taking their loved ones in wheelchairs and throwing them into that light. And he said people were running all, he said there's about 200,000 people. He said people were running all over, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Amen. So Pat Robinson asked Dr. Osborne, he said, Brother Osborne, oh I'm sure I'm sure that when you come into a nation to preach one of those great gospel crusades, you must do a tremendous amount of spiritual warfare. And you know, if you ever knew T.L. Osborne, he was so diplomatic. He was just the, he, he was just the diplomat of all diplomats. He said, you know, he said, I go into these wonderful nations, these beautiful people, we love them so much. He said, but you know, I'd be a fool to say that I don't pray. But he says, I don't do any spiritual warfare. It's what he said. I loved what he said. He said, when I get there, Jesus gets there. Did you know that's the truth? When you get there, Jesus gets there. But now notice this scripture. There is the word war in this scripture. Now this makes this interesting. You say, what? Well, is there a war? There is a war. For, we walk, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So there is a war you're going to have to be involved in. Now, the word war has an unusual definition in which that it's a conflict between two sides with an undetermined outcome. World War I, was, there, there was an undetermined outcome until the war, someone won and someone lost. World War II was the same way. You know, wars, that's the way they are. There are two opposing forces that come together without a determined outcome until there is a determined outcome. Now, here's the good news on your part. This war has already been won for you but you're going to have to fight it on your behalf. Now let me say that again. This war, you say, what do you mean? There's not a determined outcome, and it's not God that determines it, and it's not the devil that determines it. It's you that determine it. Now let me say that again. There is a war that takes place, and it's not God that determines the outcome, and it's not the devil that determines the outcome. It's you that determine the outcome by how much you engage and how much you resist and walk in the overcoming power of the Word and the Spirit so that you can demonstrate the defeat of Satan in your life. Your life needs to be a portrait of the defeat of Satan for you personally. Now, when we get over to the Spirit side, I'll show you your spirit. It's already done. In the spirit, it's already done. And the Bible says you are sealed. Everybody say sealed. It also says the evil one touches you not. That means you, you don't have any spiritual problems. You have one issue spiritually. You say, what is the issue? Growth and development. Because if your spirit doesn't grow and develop, then your mind takes over and the war is lost. But in reality, the devil cannot access your spirit 
The devil cannot torment your spirit. The, the devil can't make you, make you spiritually sick in any way. You are sealed until the day of redemption when not your spirit moves over into the realm of your mind or your flesh. Your flesh and your mind move over into the realm of your spirit. Oh, what a day that's going to be. Get your wrinkles ironed. <laughs> Amen. If you missed our birth, uh, not birthday suit, <laughs> never mind. I'm about to get in trouble again. Did I say birthday suit? Oh, my, I've said it twice now. Amen. <laughs> so, everybody say so. You're going to have to engage. You're going to have to declare war. And in declaring war, you're going to have to determine where is the battlefield. I mean, if we gathered a huge army, say a war broke out somewhere on the earth, and we gathered, gathered a huge army, and we sent them over to where we thought it was, and when we got there, that's not the place. We said, we'll, ju we'll just fight all these people. I said, we don't want to fight. So you've got to determine... Where is the battlefield? Where am I going to engage the adversary in this warfare? Where is that? Now, here's what it says. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So this is not a fleshly fight. You're not going to win it with hand grenades and tanks and bullets. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down. Now here we go. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now you got to do your intelligence report here. That means you got to decipher the communication from heaven out of the spirit realm because in that communication there is an identification of your battleground. It's easy. Two words. Imaginations, thoughts. Imaginations, thoughts. Imaginations, thoughts. Imaginations, thoughts. So your battleground, my battleground, is in our mind. Amen? But now notice this. We've got some weapons. And they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of what? strongholds. Now, I've told them this before, but I'll tell you it bears repetition. Strongholds are what? Intricate patterns of thought developed through repetition. Let me say that again. Intricate patterns of thought. How many you know what intricate means? I mean, you see a beautiful piece of fabric or a tapestry that's very, you know, I mean, it's just you think, man, how did they do that? Very intricate. I mean, this is, this is thought patterns that are weaved together. Many times it starts at the very earliest years of our life. These things get weaved together. They become what the Bible calls strongholds. Now, we have a... I don't know if our definition is very good of strongholds being in the 21st century that we're in, but remember the Bible was written 2,000 years ago and strongholds were places in which people could go to and hide in which you could not access them without being destroyed. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, up in a high cliff, a cave or something. See, David, when he hid from Saul, he hid in the strongholds. You say, why? Because up in the strongholds, here's what the strongholds had. They had a place in which kept you on the offensive because your opponent was on the defense because you had an advantage. You could shoot arrows down or throw spears down or whatever. It also had a way of escape. Well, you could get out of there. That's what a stronghold is. 
And many times there are intricate patterns of thought that develop in our minds. All kinds of things could happen in life. All kinds of trauma. All kinds of tragedy. All kinds of pain and hurt. All kinds of grief can get into your mind. And it's just this intricate pattern of thought. Now the problem is, is once you get a stronghold like that in your mind, Satan knows exactly how to access it. But here's the thing. He can't violate your choice. Because every time he accesses He's doing it by your choice, not his. Now let me say that again. Every time he accesses the strongholds of your mind, he's not doing it by his. Now he chooses to do it, you know what I'm saying? But if it has an effect upon you, if all of a sudden you begin to dwell, you begin to entertain a thought, you begin to allow the pain of that trauma begin to rise up in you, anger comes out or, 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 or fear manifests or whatever it may be, you've allowed that. Now, let me just say something. I, I, uh, you don't start out just, you know, waving the flag of victory the first time you begin to resist these things. But if you will continually resist. See, a lot of people, what they do is, is they, they, well, they hear, hear, hear a little teaching like this. Uh, well, I'm going to resist that. And I'm, I'm going to speak to those thoughts. And I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to break down these strongholds. But then you do it two or three days. But you don't realize that stronghold's there every day, stimulating your thought every day. That, that the enemy's looking at it to see if I can, can I access that today? Can I push that button today? Can I, can, I, can I put that thought in there? Can I get them to entertain that thought? Can I get them to, to get their eyes on that? Can I produce a feeling through that? Amen. Did you know that's why drugs and alcohol are so popular? You know why they produce a feeling without thought? All you got to do is pour it down, inhale it, snort it, shoot it. Boom, you got a feeling. You don't, you don't, it doesn't take thought. So what you're really doing is you're short-circuiting a process. Let me give you an example. Remember one of the most incredible feelings I ever had in my life. We were in a, the delivery room, and the devil tried to kill Breland and Leah all at the same time. The Holy Ghost spoke that to me about 10 days before we had Breland. I began to pray and intercede. Someone walked into her, into her uh, room as, as Breland was being birthed, being born, and overdosed her on epinephrine. She blew up like a balloon. The doctor was not even supposed to be there, but she was there. She came to me and said, I'm taking that baby right now. She came, Leah was there on the gurney, and they brought little Breland and put her in my arms. And you talk about a feeling. You talk about an emotion. There was my wife. She was still alive and healthy. There's my little daughter. Everything we believe God for. Everything when you talk about producing a feeling that wasn't of the devil, that wasn't of this world. It was something that God did in our lives. Yes. But see, the enemy wants to do the same thing. And what he loves to do is to go back into your past and pull out stuff that was real trauma to you. And he knows, listen, he knows just how to stimulate thoughts and for you to entertain those. And next thing you know, it's if it happened yesterday or 10 minutes ago. And now you're experiencing that all over again and trying to do what? Trying to force yourself into a recovery, which is futile. And that just tightens the intricacy of the thought pattern. It's got to be broken. I said it's got to be broken. How do you do it? With the Weapons. What's your number one weapon? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. 
Now let me tell you the most powerful weapon you have in your arsenal. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. I love to pray in the Spirit. I thank God for that. But I'm going to tell you the most powerful weapon in your arsenal is the Word of God in your mouth. Spoken on a continual basis. Where more than anything else you speak, you speak the Word of God. You speak it to your mind. You speak it to your flesh. You speak it to your finances. You speak it to your marriage. You speak it over your children. You speak it over your possessions. You speak it over your church. You speak it over your pastor. You speak the Word. You speak the Word. You speak the Word. When you do that, you are building an intricate pattern of thought or you are building a righteous stronghold in your mind that no devil on this earth can overcome. You tear one down, you build up the other. Now notice what it says. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the what? Pulling down the destruction of the stronghold. Now we're going to go through the weapon, go through these weapons. Uh, 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 I guess it's not next week, but the next week when we're back on Wednesday night, the next week, and begin to notice number one, because if you're if this was the military and I was a, 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 a up here training you on weapons to use, number one, you'd have to know what the weapon is. Amen. You know, this is a hand grenade, not a paperweight. Then you'd have to know what how to use it. You don't just pull the pin and stand there and look at it. You don't do that. A, 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 a weapon, a, 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 an AR or a, or, a, or a machine gun or something. Well, you've got to do what? Well, you can't just look at it and say, I got a gun. Well, that's really going to intimidate somebody. You got to know how to load it. You got to know what's into the bullet. Goes in what chamber? <laughs> Personal joke, amen? <laughs> Whoops, yeah. You got to know where the trigger's at. You got to know where to point it. There's all kinds of little instructions that will help you so much when it comes to firing a firearm. Amen. Same way with the weapons that God gives us. But now notice, they're what? They're mighty. They're mighty. These are super weapons. Listen, you got a natural war going, in your, going on in your natural mind, which is your natural man wanting to take over your life. But you got supernatural weapons supplied to you by God that are mighty. Woo, glory to God. That means they're going to work. And I got good news. This is the last of the last days. Time is compressed. All you got to do is get busy. All you, listen, I have found myself this year more, listen, more than I ever have Speaking the word of God over my life. Speaking the word over the church. Speaking, speaking the word uh, over Leah and Breland. Speaking the word over our family. Speaking the, just speaking the word. Speaking the word. Resisting thoughts. Amen. Amen. Casting down what? Imaginations. Now you've got to be careful with your imagination. Because if you have anything developed in your mind, it is your imagination. Amen? We're all products of Hollywood, movies, all kinds. Listen, there's no Star Trek, Starship Enterprise. There's no Vulcans or Klingons. Luke Skywalker is an actor. Oh, Yeller didn't die. But we still cry at the end of the movie. We still end up with what? A feeling. An emotion. Every movie we watch. We've been watching these Christmas chick flicks. 
Oh, Jesus. Hallmark. Anyway. And Leo, I can always tell. She'll go. <laughs> Amen. But it's a movie. We have, our imaginations are so overly stimulated. The devil knows it. So he's going to come into what? That section of our mind which has to do with imagination. And imagination is what? Imagination is fantasy. It's not reality. And listen, that's one of the big problems with faith is people that, well, man, you, you teach on that faith. I've had people come to me and say, you just, you just live in a fantasy. I say, no, you do. I live in reality. You live in a fantasy. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, everything that you think in your mind is a lie of the devil. You think you're weak, you think you're sick, you think you're broke, you think you're this, you think you're that, and then you have these huge strongholds in your mind that, that agree with that, and then, and then all of a sudden, you do what? It's really selfish. You begin to have this, these feelings, this, woe is me. Poor old me, these big pity parties. Oh. Amen. <laughs> and then I, I get up and teach about it, and people say, he's just cruel. <laughs> I'm trying to get you a little help. Tell you the truth. You can overcome all that stuff. I mean, everybody, everybody's got issues. Amen. Everybody's got it. We're not going to go into the issues, okay? But everybody's got issues. And the problem is, is issues control you instead of the Word. And it is a great quest of life to be led by the Spirit, motivated by the Spirit, controlled by the Spirit, to have your joy in the Spirit, to have your destiny in the Spirit, to have your desires in the Spirit. It is a great quest of life. But listen, when you move over into the Spirit, let me help you with this just a moment. When you move over to living by your Spirit, do you know you're not moving over into the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is a method that produces the kingdom of heaven. You missed a good opportunity to amen. You say, what do you mean by that? The kingdom of God is the way God does things and all of His principles and precepts so that you can live in the kingdom of heaven on earth. All of those parables that Jesus was talking about, the kingdom of heaven is likened to. The kingdom of heaven is likened to. The kingdom of heaven, He's talking about you living in what? The provisions He produced when He fed the 5,000, when He walked on the water, when supernatural power was one operating in his life. This is what heaven's like. Sick person, he's healed. Leprosy, wipe it away. Blind person, your eyes are open. And what accesses it is faith. And let me tell you something. Faith is a, new, faith is a brand new mindset. Amen? Ooh, let me close. Is anybody getting anything out of this? Yeah. Mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imagination. Now notice this. And every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let me read it in the, let me read it here in the, in the Amplified. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Insomuch as we refute arguments 
and the theories and reasonings of every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God. And we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Woo! So you've got to become the thought police. Amen? That means every thought that, see that, a lazy mind will never do this. A lazy mind will never do this. But remember this, your mind needs rest. Did you know that? Your mind needs rest. Your flesh needs rest. Did you know your spirit never sleeps? Did you know your spirit never rests? It doesn't need rest. It doesn't need sleep. That's why it's so powerful when you begin to access the spirit realm. Amen. So when you begin to make a decision, I'm not just going to let any old thought. Now listen, just because a thought comes into your mind doesn't mean you're wrong. Now let me say that again. Just because a thought comes into your mind. I mean, you look at your neighbor and say, I'd like to chop them up with an axe. Well, that's you know, I mean, just because that thought comes into your mind. But if you start to entertain that, I wonder where I can get an axe. Anybody seen an axe around here? Maybe I ought to buy an axe. Make it a dull axe. I really don't like them. You know, I mean, it's, you begin to entertain that thought. Now you've swung a door open. Now listen. You've swung a door open that with one confession of your mouth, you could have shut and locked. It's, it's like that with healing. You get up in the morning and you still got that pain. And what does what the devil want? He's wanting to put a, you didn't get healed. The guy laid hands on you last night. You may have felt something, but you didn't get nothing. You still got that pain. He's trying to stimulate your thoughts so that you will do what? Say. Well, I'm not healed. Why did I go to that meeting anyway? I knew those people were crazy when I walked in there. They all had their hands up. <laughs> Amen? He's just trying to get you to say it because, see, thoughts lie dormant and unbirthed as long as they're not said. But it's when you begin to speak that which the enemy is trying to stimulate in your mind through imaginations and thoughts, that's when you start getting into trouble. You ever said anything you wish you'd never said? And said, where did that come from? Why did I say that? That's the enemy. He's training you. He's training you. Like you'd train a Labrador retriever, like you'd train a mouse or whatever. He's trying to train you. And what he does is he probes the weaknesses of your life. And in the weaknesses of your life, that's where he tries to impart those thoughts. That's why the Bible says, let the weak say what? I am strong. Let the weak say. That is the beginning of your engaging in the resistance of the adversary in your mind by realizing and recognizing how powerful your words are. See, I've, I've, heard, I've even heard people do, well, you got, you got a bad thought, you think a good thought. It never works. It never works. David said it like this, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. You go throughout the Bible. I was going through Proverbs this, this week and last week, and I was just putting a C 
next to every scripture that had anything to do with words. Whether it was what the fool said, whether it was what the, the rich man says, whether it's what the righteous say, whether it's what God says. I, and it's amazing. That entire book of Proverbs is loaded with wisdom about how we speak. Now we get over into the new covenant and Jesus gave us a new covenant in his blood. And did you know what they call Christianity before they called it Christianity? Did you know what they called it? They called it the great confession. The great confession. Because the only way that the power of that resurrection was manifested was through the words that they spoke and the demonstration of the Spirit. So you've got to realize that when a thought comes into your mind, and it's not of your origin. Because we, we all have thoughts. There are, there are three types of thoughts. There are thoughts that are unique to the human existence. The human, human life. You know, you walk out here and you think, am I going to go through Whataburger or Jack in the Box on the way home? Well, that's just a human thought. Am I going to take 61st Street or am I going to go down Herd's Lane. I mean, you, human thought. You get up in the morning, I'm going to wear the blue shirt or I'm going to wear the white shirt. It's those human thoughts. We all have human thoughts. Then we have demonic thoughts. What are demonic thoughts? Demonic thoughts are any thoughts that do what? They try to exalt themselves over the knowledge of God. So you have knowledge of healing and a thought of sickness comes into your, it's trying to exalt itself. You have, a, you have a thought of poverty. Oh, it's Christmas. I didn't get a bonus. I didn't get this. I didn't get a raise. And now, oh, it looks like I... See, those thoughts are trying to exalt themselves over the thought of what? Well, my God supplies all of my need. According, So how do you get that thought that tries to exalt itself out of the way and get your thought back up above it? You have to say it. And you don't say it to God. You don't say it to the devil. We'll study that when we study authority. You say it to yourself. Speaking to yourself. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart. Speaking the word of God. Go study Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. It says have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Two types of faith. Human faith based in reasoning. The God kind of faith based in the word of God. And then the next thing that is said. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in their heart, but believe those things which they saith shall come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they saith. So during, during a lot of faith teaching in the 90s, preachers would get up and say, whosoever can have whatsoever if they'll just say it. And they were mocked and they were ridiculed and they were made fun of, but in reality it's the truth. Amen. The sum total of your life comes from the foundation of your belief system. You are what you have believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth your entire life. So if you're not happy with that, then you need to get the word of God into your heart and into your mouth. And every time those thoughts come that are not of God, there's another set of thoughts called the thoughts of God. Isaiah 55. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So you have to dig into the word you have to get the thoughts of God. Then you have to engage and make application of them every day. You say, now why every day? Well, do you think, does the devil take Tuesday off and every other Thursday and, you know, Saturdays that are odd numbered? Or, he every day is coming at your mind 
You give him three days, you give him five days, you give him two weeks, you give him a month, he's going to wreck your life. But if you every day, he said, well, you're just talking about a whole brand new lifestyle. Exactly. It's called a life of righteousness. A life living in right relationship with your God in which you live as an overcomer. Not just through proclamation, but your life demonstrates that you are an overcomer because of what Jesus has done for you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you this tonight. Thank you for your word. Lord, and although we've given a lot of information, we thank you that that information will stimulate a desire in the heart of every person. Lord, we are facing on the earth today. You knew we would be alive in the last of the last days. Perilous times are here. But Lord, you did not suspend your laws, your precepts, and your principles. Father, thank you that you're reinforcing them into our hearts so we don't have to live under the sway of the tyranny of the devil. No matter what form it comes in, no matter how he tries to steal, kill, and destroy, we are still the ones with the authority on the earth and still the ones in control by the Word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. So as we leave tonight, Heavenly Father, let there be a resolve on the inside of each and every one of us to stand strong in the Lord and the power of His might, to resist the thoughts that try to bring us down into that place in life in which the adversary is the preeminent force controlling, intimidating, and manipulating us. But Father, by the words of our own mouth and your word in our heart and our mouth, let us live the victorious life, free from the bondage of all the flesh and the mind tries to dominate our lives with, living spiritual lives on the earth in the last of the last days. In Jesus' name we ask, and everyone says, Praise God. Stand on your feet. Fathers, we leave tonight. Thank you so much. Lord, we implement. We engage by declaring no evil befalls us. No plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Pray it over the congregation. Those that are here, those that are not here. Many are traveling and going to their loved ones for the holidays. Father, we thank you they're kept, protected, safe in their travels on the highways, seaways, railways, airways. Lord, any other way of travel or transportation during the holiday season. We declare the protection of God. Lord, we declare also that this is a joyous time. We bind depression. We bind the adversary trying to stimulate and resurrect trauma and pain of the past. We speak to the devil and say, No, devil, we are new creatures in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things are new for us. And we rejoice in the glory of this season the blessing of God at Christmas time. And we carry that glory and that blessing into the new year, thanking you, Heavenly Father, that 2021 will be a year of destiny, which we will fulfill the will of God in our lives. Thank you, Lord. As we leave tonight, we also have a great stirring of evangelism. Let us be a blessing to people, problem to the devil, and answer to people's prayer as we not only proclaim the goodness of God, but show it in our own lives is God's blessings flow. Lord, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We leave walking in love toward one another. Thank you for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy God! Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, 
visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com. Hallelujah, Jesus.